I was listening to the last episode. I was wondering if I sound, if I'm like too close to the microphone or something or too echoey. Um, yeah, you sound really effeminate. Yeah, Chris, you're too close to the microphone. You sound really effeminate. That would not even make sense. (laughs) I want someone to, I would love a time machine. You know, most people want a time machine to go back and like kill Hitler or something. I want a time machine to go back and experience what like Richard Grieco fever was like. (laughs) Because I'm just curious. Was it a fever? Was it a wave? Or was he just kind of like a guy on some TV show? I think you've been the was, time you just took what you could get. Do you know what I mean? Because he was like a Rico second Mania? stringer. No, yeah. I keep thinking like he got, it was like 21 Jump Street. Okay, you get one shot to kind of try starring in movies. And I, they were like, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to do like a like an action thing? Like a, a romance thing? And he was like, oh, I feel like I like uh, James Bond movies. I want to do like a James Bond spoof. And I feel like they were probably like, I don't know, you're not funny. Um... <laughs> Everyone makes mistakes. Take me, Michael Corbin. I was just your average underachiever flunking out of high school. And the only way to graduate was by taking a class trip to Europe with a French club. Michael Corbin, first class. First class? How? Ow! And there's been a mistake here, which led to a case of mistaken identity. Walk quickly, they already know you're here. Hey, what are you doing? Eric Richards and British intelligence. It turned me into a secret agent. Well, just who do you think I am? Michael Corbin, deep cover agent for the CIA. Michael Corbin, French class reject. Suddenly, I'm filling someone else's shoes. They'll adhere to any surface. And driving the company car. Get out of town. I can drive this baby out of here right now. Yes. Piece of cake. I can just figure out how to get the window down. Yeah, funk driver's ed, too. But yeah, no, I haven't seen a trailer in a while where the actor comes back after they've shot the movie and he has different hair. And right. he's wearing the same costume and he's telling you to the camera about the movie. Yeah, he breaks the, the fourth wall in the trailer and talks to the camera. So when I was, when I, I had seen that trailer a number of times and always thought it was really funny. And so when I was, when I turned on the movie, I was expecting it to be a fourth wall breaking style spy comedy with a team where he was gonna like like ferris, ferris bueller, bueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was gonna ferris bueller style or like zach morris and saved by the bell style be like time out like which door should i go in right or yeah. like time out should i fuck this you know yeah. wom- this woman or this woman like who knows but you don't really get that at all in this movie. life so- goes by pretty fast you gotta take a break and have sex with a woman with a scorpion every once in a while <laughs> Are you looking for a new or slightly used vehicle? <laughs> you could tell I'm young because I'm wearing a varsity jacket and yeah. a t-shirt. <laughs> um, uh, we're talking about if looks could kill. This is 30 years later. I'm Ricky Camilleri. I'm joined by Chris Chafin. And we're also joined today by the extremely funny, the great writer, comedian, uh, co-creator of Trump Comedy Nerd, Brendan McLaughlin. 
Brennan, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. And thanks, for, so... pick, thanks for picking one of my favorite movies to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you really got the uh, short end of the stick with me wow. uh, ask, calling on you for this movie. It was a real favor rather than a treat for yeah. you to join us. Well, you know, the movie's 30 years old, so it's almost the age that Richard Grieco was playing a senior in high school <laughs> in this movie. But yeah. He, he was actually 26. Okay. But he, he looks like he look was 40. 100% <laughs> yeah, he like, looks 40. Like a good-looking 40-year-old, but you're not at all convincing playing this role. Like, totally miscast. It's really he weird because also... the beginning of the movie is like, he, he's supposed to be at, like, high school graduation and, like, having breakfast with his mom. And you're like, none of this is appropriate. Like, I don't want to watch this grown man with this yeah. some strange family. And he walked in, you know. Why is he allowed to sit with these children at high school graduation? Like, yeah. There's also the the sense that in between takes they had to reshave his face to try to hide his five <laughs> o'clock shadow, but like it grows like you can see, you can almost see it growing during the scene. Well, I mean, by the end of the movie, he is like looks like Rambo basically, and his shirt is ripped, and his hair is blowing, yeah. and he's like holding a machine gun and standing in front of a burning building, and you're like, yes, this is what he looks like. Like, why did we have this fiction of him being a child for the whole rest of the movie? Uh, it is. Uh, March of 1991 as it is this week in 2021 and If Looks Could Kill starring Richard Grieco who is kind of a hot commodity at this point he's the replacement for Johnny Depp on 21 Jump Street he's um, a big teen beat girl magazine kind of stud and this is a movie that was originally written for Anthony Michael Hall and it was supposed to be a John Hughes movie crossed with a 007 movie which it still kind of is maybe the worst of John Hughes style cross with um, uh, James Bond movie, but Anthony Michael Hall doesn't do it. And they rewrite it, apparently rewrite it for Richard Grieco. What that means. I don't, I don't know how this movie gets rewritten for anybody. Uh, Maybe just less lines. And um, (laughs) they, uh, they put together this, uh, this, this teen action movie directed by William Deere in terms of Grieco. After this, he doesn't really do anything. He gets a few more TV shows. They don't really work. He kind of falls out of the limelight pretty heavily. You can find him every now and then in like straight-to-video movies. And um, I think he did some softcore porn. And uh, well, I was going to became... say, it's written by Darren Starr, right? The movie? Well, this is what I wanted to talk about, too. Yes, it's written by Darren Starr. We'll, doubt, we'll, we'll get there in just a second. I just want to say the guy who directed this, William Deere, also made Harry and the Hendersons. Also directed some Gary Shandling live. He did, uh, and then like a lot of TV movies. And wow. I think he did a straight-to-video Sandlot sequel as well. He didn't do the original Sandlot. He did do Angels in the Outfield. Oh, really? He directed Angels in the Outfield? <laughs> oh, that was pretty big. I mean, Harry and the Hendersons and Angels in the Outfield... And so this is telling you, like, this is a person who knows how to make a movie with a completely ridiculous premise seem grounded and very popular, right? But that is not happening here. So I have written down that Fred Decker wrote this, but you guys are saying that Darren Starr wrote it. So what's from an idea? It's from an idea by it's from an idea by this by this decker person um but the screenplay was written by darren star which and i i don't know if you know brendan i i don't know i'm i'm assuming it's kind of like the movie we were talking about last week that this was like 
an executive whose idea it was technically and Darren Starr wrote the screenplay or for whatever reason is credited with the screenplay. Um, do you know any more about that, Brendan? No, but when I saw that at the beginning and then you see Richard Grieco starring in it, I kept thinking like, I, I, I feel like he looks like a guy who should be having a fling with Samantha, not like the star of like a high school farce comedy. Yeah, yes. no, yeah, he doesn't look like a he doesn't look like a teenager even close. Oh, but you're totally right. It is it is Fred Decker did the story, and Fred Decker is probably the one who originally wrote it for Anthony Michael Hall, and maybe Darren Starr came in and rewrote, re-wrote it. it. Yeah, but this it, is Darren. This, we need you to uh, make this a Greco vehicle. <laughs> if you could take all the funny jokes out, that would be great. Dumb but this is this is pre. Or no, no. So nine hundred two one zero had so just come out. Melrose Place is two years from yeah, coming right. out, and so Darren Star is probably like getting hit up nonstop to rewrite and write teen movies. Well, I wondered if like okay, so Darren Star is at a very weird point in his career. Like you're saying, the first season of nine hundred two one zero has come out, but it's actually like not super successful after the first season. It's only like doing okay. And obviously really? Fox is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't get popular until this summer, the summer of 1991. They did like a big summer season when like all the other shows were in reruns. And that was kind of when people was... started watching it like all the time. But that shit was so sexy. How was it not popular right away? <laughs> you know, it's on Fox and it's some new so soap hot. opera. So, you know, it's like, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what I read on Wikipedia. Okay. Like, you know, <laughs> but, um, this so his other credit is his other credits up to this point are only like writing the pilot of the Bill and Ted Saturday morning cartoon show and then also writing some 1988 movie called Doing Time on Planet Earth. And the that plot cool. the plot of it is supposed cool. to be um through a series of extraordinary circumstances, an eccentric teenager believes he may be the alien prince of a distant planet, ready to lead his brethren home, which is like completely nuts, but also kind of similar to this movie. Um, I did find myself I, wondering if it had been in development for a long time or something, right? Like if he had I written this like screenplay like years ago and it just happened to come out at this point. Darren Starr comes across to me as like a market-driven screenwriter. Like, oh, teen movies are popular right now. I'm going to write teen screenplays. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and he does it. Like he he does it. He makes it work. People yeah. want to buy it. Like he's a he knows how to like give Hollywood what it wants at that moment. And he he delivers. And just because 90210 isn't a success in the first season, the fact that you get right. you have a, a show, show on... a show being made, you're immediately something that people want to hit. It doesn't like that's a hit for most people until yeah, it's right. proclaimed to be not a hit. Until it's canceled, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, until it's until until it's canceled. Wait, can I just say one side note about Darren Star? Sure, yeah. Yeah. He's super, super successful, right? He's the guy that's created Beverly Hills 90210, Sex in the City, Melrose Place, and Emily in Paris, or for to whatever degree he created that. And like yeah. his Wikipedia page is only 200 words long. Like, I think that he must pay some people to like keep him from having a Wikipedia entry, which is very weird to me. I mean, he's a notable person. I feel like he would have a normal size Wikipedia entry. I, I, cut and pasted it it's literally 230 words of text and that's it which seems completely insane to me like he must have murdered multiple people or something that he is he's like desperately trying to keep this story from the public yeah that's true like when somebody has a really huge one like like if somebody has like a massive personal life section you're like oh this person's a mess something's off here but it's almost it's almost creepier if they're 
entry is too short. It's like, like if he has a 30 year long career making some of the most iconic television of the past yeah. three decades, and he has no Wikipedia entry yeah. at all. Just his, I, his credits his, should be like four pages long. Well, okay, his it does IMDb, have his credits, but like. But his IMDb page is the same. If you look at his biography, his mini, his bio is just like a couple lines where he was born, when he was born. His trademarks, he has two trademarks on his IMDb. One is soap <laughs> operas. The other is frequently casts Kristen Davis. <laughs> Those are his only trademarks. His trivia is that he... <laughs> Defected from Michael Ovitz's AMG in 2002, studied at UCLA, what high school he attended, what town he was born, and uh, you don't he has this 3,000 square foot three bedroom condo in Manhattan that overlooks Central Park, and it was on sale for 15 million in 2002. He sounds like he'd be the bad guy in a James Bond movie, like like 007. This this Hollywood screenwriter has written some of the biggest hits of our time, yet there's only uh, 200 words in his Wikipedia. There's something highly <laughs> suspicious. You have to go to his Bel Air estate. And yeah, we have to infiltrate his compound to yeah. find Man, out. That's like, that's like why you, that's why you've never written a James Bond movie is because you went into the board meeting and you were like, okay, the villain yeah. doesn't have enough in his Wikipedia. No, but that's how it works in James Bond movies. Like, like they, they abandoned them being like mystery stories at all. So it's like, 007, the Moonraker was hijacked. The Moonraker is built by this billionaire. Why don't you go to his house? He's probably the bad guy. And then just like, that's 10 minutes in and then he's just there and all this crazy stuff is happening. Now that, yeah, now all the the Bond movies are like, the villain was friends with your mother and there's like a secret about like where you were yeah. raised. And it's yeah. all, it's yeah, all like, like the villain's name is actually yeah. your mother's maiden name. And like, right. it's all leading yeah. up to a Martha scene. <laughs> like when I, yeah, when I watched Thunderball as a child, I was like, I want to know who this guy's cousins are. <laughs> I want to know his extended family. Um, yeah. So my name, my mom's name is Martha too. Oh my God. Um, very quickly, the plot of this movie is um, a total bimbo uh, that Richard Grieco plays, a to- like a total annoying fucking idiot who shows up late for his his grad- his high school graduation, makes fun of the valedictorian on stage who's giving a perfectly fine speech, sits down with his dickwad friend. They make fun of her. He finds out he flunked French. He ha- In order to pass, he has to go on a class trip that summer to France, which is yeah. just an insane thing. You know, you've, like- you've been a big screw up all through high school, high school, Greco, your punishment going <laughs> to the Greco. most romantic city in the world with I your best you, friend. I wish you had stuck to the accidental rhyme that you started doing. There, <laughs> and that was like, you've screwed up all, you've fucked up high school all year, Greco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he tells his family that he's got to go to France and um, his, his dad yells at him a bunch. And then he goes to France. And while he's there, he gets confused as a secret agent. And um, he gets tossed into a web of uh, spy games that are barely um, drawn out. And uh, then he gets the girl and he saves the French class. And that's basically the end of the movie. Um, But uh, let's start, I guess with, um, Right off the bat, my problem with this character is that he is an idiot. And, you know, one of the things that works, if if I compare him to Ferris Bueller, one of the things that works about Ferris Bueller is that he's a smart kid 
doing dumb shit and smarting outsmarting everybody around him. Greco is a consistent idiot who accidentally bumbles into winning in situations. Like he's the kind of kid who it doesn't make any sense that he flunked French class because even if he drew dicks on the test, the teacher would some, it would somehow work out for him. The yeah, teacher yeah, would be yeah, like, right. Oh, yeah. you, you did this dick actually looks like, um, you know, parlez-vous so like, you know, you get a B, right? Like, Ricky, that's actually, how the movie plays out. <laughs> Do you actually not know any French? Because that was amazing. That was no, I don't. I don't know it. I know Paulie. Dick looks like Paulie Bay. Paulie Anglais. Paulie Anglais. Um, no, well, because he's hot, Ricky. I mean, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. I mean, he's hot. He's wearing so much eyeliner in this movie. It's absolutely <laughs> wild. Uh, I read the like the Washington Post review from like contemporaneous, and that was half about his eyeliner. But like, yeah, he would he would pass French class without doing shit, especially if there was a simply for being hot, simply just for, for being, being hot. hot. Yes. Right. Like that French teacher, teacher alone would be so hot for him. That French teacher would be so hot for him. And she, he, he would be like making fun of her and she would be loving it. She would be loving yes. every second of it. He would 100 well, She could ask like, him out because he's like 40. exactly he's older than she is it's fine it's fine like this is not the first time he's gone to graduation and been told he can't graduate that year (laughs) it's something like endearing though like the eighth annual graduation that he has attended something about the way that his dad is like (laughs) completely accurately described there's like describing everything he's done wrong like he says like you don't get to go to french class or to paris for failing french class and then he's like uh Oh, you missed French class because you were doing what? Not you weren't doing shit, you dumb piece of garbage. His but that's the only one that makes sense in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But then the thing about the way Richard Greco, Richard Greco is like, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's too stupid. He doesn't know, you know, you can't be mean to him. He's too dumb. <laughs> Which is why, again, he would not have failed the class. Right. Because yeah. the teacher would have been like, hey, if you don't, if you don't step it up, you're gonna fail this class. I know, I'm just Trying so hard though, it's just like yeah. so you know, hard. You know, you're just, so, you know French. You're so smart. I don't know nothing. Yeah, you're, you're so smart. <laughs> you're so much smarter than me. I wish I was smart like you, teacher. You're like so, so beautiful, so easy because so you're beautiful. beautiful you're so, so smart. smart. And then she leans in and she and she's like, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna let you pass this time around. Don't worry about it." <laughs> and then she walks away. And he's like, "That stupid fucking bitch. This fucking bitch." Uh. Yeah. So his dad is like, his dad is like yelling at everybody in the house and is like, you know, we're going to send you to France. You just flunked blah, 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 blah. And then cut to him sending him to France. Exactly. And he's going with his best friend. Yeah. The best friend, my favorite exchange in the movie comes later. Can we talk about that yet? Absolutely. Yeah. Bring up whatever you want, especially with the best friend. I will. I will. The best. They're all on the bus together of the field trip to France. And is this the, the shaving? The shaving yeah, no, this is the the like the the beautiful uh, woman secret agent drives by in her sports car, and the friend goes, "Look at that babe!" And the teacher says, <laughs> "Can't you stop looking at babes?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I had to like rewind that and watch it again. Like, wait, was this really in the script? Wow. But see, I, I think that's that's a good joke, isn't that a good joke? It's like absurdist, you know, like. Guess. Yeah, just stop kind of... looking at babes because it's like I don't know. You know, this is at the end of all these fucking eighties movies, a million of them, where somebody would say like, "Check out that babe." 
It's Can't like a you Simpsons stop joke. Looking at babes. <laughs> They're positing a world where this kid is always talking about babes. You know, it's gently subverting the truth. Yeah, kind of, of the over. Movie. Yeah, over like over telling you who these like look. This is the kind of kid all he does all day is walking around looking at babes. Exactly. He's one of those guys. This kid, this this kid uh, was perplexing. The most perplexing element of the movie to me, and it's one of those characters that's supposed to be like a doofus and charming, but the main character is already such a doofus. You're right. It's that, a comedy with no straight man. It's like a, yeah. a doofus and a guy who's even more of a doofus, but neither of them are very funny, and they're just doing the same thing. And they they really amp up like his levels of doofus doofusness. Uh, and there's a scene where he's sitting on the bus. And he's shaving and he's, there's a girl sitting next to him and he, she's watching him shave and he keeps cleaning the razor in his like Seven Eleven soda yes. cup that has the cap off and then shaving again. And she's like, ew, that's gross. And then he turns to her and sips the water for yeah, the like, soda that he's just cleaned his razor in. And I, I don't, did you guys laugh? <laughs> No, I mean I didn't laugh at all watching this movie, so no. But yeah, that is pretty. That yeah, it is like I, I don't get what you're trying to say about this guy. Like he's rubbing like sugary soda into his skin, and he's doing <laughs> yeah. it in front of people. Like why? You're just like why is he doing this? I, like I thought he was trying to fuck this girl, and he liked this girl. Is he an idiot? <laughs> like I get that he's an idiot, but like what kind of idiot would? be that much of an idiot he's sitting next to a girl he likes and he's like yo watch me do this horrifically disgusting <laughs> shit that's gonna make you throw up in your mouth check it out girl shave dip and then she's like Bleh! and he's like ha 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 got you yeah in yeah, what sense in what sense did he get her he just drank his own shaving cream waste yeah, like, like, you you yeah. lost you like, lost 100 percent. yeah you're drinking poison like the joke <laughs> is on you eating my and own then, shit to own the libs right yeah. like <laughs> and then later jumping ahead too far but i don't think we'll have to necessarily talk about it again that same that same girl is sleeping oh my god and he sits next yeah, to her yeah that's really really bad it's oh really, yeah, really talk bad. thirty yeah. years later it doesn't age well. It doesn't yeah. age well. No, do you, no, do no, you know no, how to no, say no. assault in en français? <laughs> and it's he, just like it's how really is it it's supposed to be cool? I don't know what what are we supposed to be thinking as the teen audience? Who? Again, but like who is this character who was <laughs> shaving in his own soda cup? drinking the shaving waste and then molesting a sleeping girl on I mean, the bus. Ricky, like, I what understand what you're to... I understand what you're saying, but the more you put it that way, he just sounds like a guy. Like that's actually sounds what like a very about? well-drawn like he's disgusting and he's sexually abusing people and he's a self-centered moron. Like yeah, that just sounds like a guy to me. Like I mean, in my mind like he's one step away of taking his pants down and masturbating in front of everybody on the bus. Like yes, he's but... one step away from being a streaker and being like, look at my dick, bitch. Like yeah, he's but, not no, but you're far right, from but, it. But the movie doesn't treat it like that's what he, like, yes. that's what he's, you're like, well, yeah, right. what you're showing us is so like weird and, and stupid and mentally ill and deranged. Yes. But it's like, oh, oh, I guess boy, like these boys are goofballs, but it's not funny because there's no like, like nobody in the movie is normal. I guess, except maybe the dad being like, you're yeah, an right. idiot. You're a you're a scumbag. You're my son. I'm disgusted by you. 
So the so what this kid actually does is there's right. a girl sleeping. He sits next to her and he licks her face, right while she's sitting there sleeping. Now the only other movie that has something similar to that in 1991 is Terminator 2, when he straps Linda Ham when the guard straps Linda Ham the mental health facility guard straps Linda Hamilton down to the stretcher. And when no one's around and she's like, you know, incapacitated, she's strapped to the chair. He licks her face. You know what happens to him later? She fucking murders him. Well, and the right? movie acknowledges that that's a him. disgusting, horrible yes. thing to do. Right. Yeah. The mo- this, this movie, movie is like, like, yeah, it's like, it, I don't, it, I don't know. I don't understand what universe this movie takes place in. Right, where it's totally cool. Up- it's totally cool to try to lick a girl while she's asleep. Because that guy ends up with the girl at the end of the movie. Like, he walks away with the girl. He's like, hey, check it out. She's with me now. After I fucking drank my shaving waist in front of her and licked her sleeping face. (laughs) 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 Like, what? I I want to. How's that relationship going to go? I'm scared for her. Great. It's going to go great, I think. (laughs) I think they're perfect for each other. No, but I think it just speaks to the whole movie where it's like a bunch of gags coming at you. And it's never funny because nothing's grounded. It's all just crazy. Um, uh, or I would say the only the the only character in it who I thought worked and like would have been a, in a would have been effective in a better James Bond movie parody movie is Linda Hunt as oh, the yeah. the kind of um, the bad the bad guy one the bad guy kind of henchman henchwoman and she's and the reason she's so good is. Because she's the only effective henchman. Yes, but also <laughs> she's like extremely like, effective. Yeah, but it's like it's like a parody movie where the people doing the parody have never watched what they're parodying. Yeah. Whereas with her, it's like oh, she's like Colonel Kleb in From Russia with Love. She's right. this kind of kind of like very small, like uh, lady you wouldn't see and be immediately terrified of. But then all of a sudden you see her in action. And it's it's like shocking how how scary she she's killing like the James Bond characters that yeah, right. the actual spies that are showing up because she's so menacing. And also, did you guys catch that the first spy at the beginning who gets killed is Roger Daltrey? Yes, yes. that was amazing. Yes. Yes. I kept Roger. waiting for Q to show up and be played by like Rod Stewart. I was like, <laughs> why is Roger Daltrey doing this to himself? It, yeah, it's like, like the first scene knew, of the movie. It's like the real Ryan Roger Dalton. It's like the real James Bond, the real bad guy, right? And Linda Hunt character kills him. And she, she just like, infiltrates kills the base. <laughs> he's. We've just but, watched him like do like a ski fight scene where he machine guns a hundred people to death, and then he jumps in the window and he's like, "The year game is Linda. over," you know. And Linda Hunt, Linda Hunt kills him in one second without but, even trying. But there are there are characters in those spy movies who are like that. So it's like, oh, I get what they're making fun of here. This is at least like, oh, they're doing they're doing a, a riff on that type of character. But the rest of the movie's like, oh, they drove by a urinal and the or like the porta potty and the wall came off. The guy's peeing. That's funny. It's like, like well, it's, you're just showing a bunch of like crazy shit. None of it's. It's funny. like you. It's like you said that none of them watched and they're parodying something that they've never watched because I think they've only watched other parodies yeah right it's like they're all just doing an idea based off of a spoof like of a james bond movie yeah yeah but i don't know roger if you read roger ebert liked it and said it was like a good teen spy movie and i was like 
dude, you were happy. You woke up at the end of the movie. Like you, you took a food nap and then you woke up at the end of the movie. This is bullshit. You didn't watch this whole movie. I mean, yeah, I, I do first, think I do. The first think, hour of the movie is terrible. The first hour of the movie is terrible. Like my general read on it, it's like you guys are saying it's it's a it's a spy parody movie. I, I've never said this before, but imagine this movie with Anthony Michael Hall. Like it would have been so much better, right? Like if he was if it was a nerd that was the star of the movie instead of a hunk. Yeah. Like I think that would have gone a long way towards making this a better, more fun movie, right? And it does have, I think, a couple of jokes in the second hour of the movie that are pretty good. But it's like okay, somehow name them. the first name them. What? Okay, here's a here's one. Okay, we'll Linda see if Hunt. They're funny. We'll see if they're funny. Linda Hunt is. You have to tell them in a funny way, though. Okay. You have to reenact them. I'm gonna tell them in like not a funny way at all, <laughs> like as in order to take all the pressure off. Okay. I love that Let's you're just staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay here's the joke okay i'm your audience Prove okay here's the joke here's the joke okay you ready okay you ready um it's one of the thousand scenes with linda hunt and the main bad guy they're arguing about what's gone wrong with the thing and like why can't anybody kill richard grieco and they're like going on and on and on yelling at each yeah. other and uh-huh. then you hear um excuse me and then you cut and the entire French class is in a tiny little iron cage hanging over a vat of molten gold. And she's like, um, uh, could we leave, please? <laughs> oh, well. And then um, that was the first was one? joke. Just the reveal that they oh, were yeah, in like the room. 90 and- minutes in, there was a chuckle. Yes, exactly. No, I mean, but what could- I'm saying is I think that this was one of those movies where like, I bet it was funny at some point, you know, but I think for some reason, all the jokes are gone from the first hour. The lead is totally miscast. Like it's not, it didn't, wasn't well directed. It didn't come together properly, but I think there's something in this movie that isn't awful, you know, but it's like, it as as it exists, it's a complete piece of garbage. Like it doesn't, it didn't work. I think you're right. Like, like the Anthony Michael Hall version, if it's like this nerd, who, um, whatever, he's more into science and he is into language and he did badly. And then he's thrust into this role where he like comes into himself. And he's in a tuxedo and he looks like a complete 12 year old nerd, you know, like that. But in this version, Banks kind of or something. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like you said, you don't want to watch like the, the, the hunk who, who uh, phoned it in in high school, but just everything worked out for him the whole time. You don't want to watch him just win for two hours without doing right. anything correct. And hot girls are throwing themselves at him and he's driving a cool sports car and you're like, well, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, you're already hot. I think the problem is by 1991, Anthony Michael Hall couldn't really play a teenager anymore. So yeah. he'd grown out of the role. Um because by 1991, yeah, like we need someone who looks really young, you know, like Richard Grieco. And this is the crazy yeah. thing: is he was big <laughs> 21 Jump Street, right? So he was his thing was playing a teenager. Like that's what he was famous for, and he's awful at it. I don't know, you know. So I could see the logic, right? And you can hear the studio executives being like, "Oh, what? You don't want a hot, popular person as the star of the movie? Like, come on, use your fucking brain!" But it just like doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. The movie has the feeling of someone was unhappy or a grump on the set. And they were like, let's just get this over with. You know, like many, like so many scenes just feel like you could have just done another take. You could have just tried a little bit harder to land that. And then they're just like, nah, I'm getting like, we're moving on. Like Richard, 
Ricky Greco, he doesn't really want to work anymore today. I think he's actually, I think he's drunk. Is he drunk? Okay. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. I started noticing towards the end of the movie that like almost all of the dialogue was redubbed. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is also one of those signs of like, they couldn't get it on the day. It's like the audio was off, but they were like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. We'll just do it later. Or they like drastically rewrote the movie after they finished shooting it. Cause it didn't make any sense. And they're like doing their, they're trying so hard to make it hang together in some way. Well, that's bizarre to think you're like, wait, there was a time when it made less sense than it does right now. <laughs> wow. There's that whole opening scene where he gets a first class flight when he first gets mistaken for the other um what's the character's name michael's they say his name so many times yeah, they say his name like a hundred yeah michael something they again it's like everything else in the movie they say it a hundred times but none of it lands the joke is the the real spy has exactly the same name as him and it's 1991 so that's all you need to get their plane ticket i guess you just walk up to the even, counter even like, like i was thinking like oh home alone 2 there's mistaken identity the guy is the same coat as kevin's dad and that's how it all starts you're like oh okay that's a little loose but he happens to have the same name the same exact name as this james bond character and the whole movie is based on this stupid misunderstanding it's just so frustrating to watch it's right. totally because he's just like oh i'm john smith and they're like oh the famous spy john smith and he's like, and he's oh, like yeah, oh. i guess i don't know <laughs> well they keep layering the misunderstandings right where it's like even in singular scenes, there's this idea where it's like, oh, they do this dumb thing, but that misunderstanding leads them to do the right thing, which leads them to do the wrong thing again and again. So no one, you're, the main character, with the exception of the last five minutes of the movie, never has any agency over the action whatsoever. You know, he's always kind of like, what am I doing? What's this? Oh, I accidentally shot a rocket and defeated the bad guys. I don't know. You're like, okay, this is boring. Did you guys ever see, it's like the same premise, uh, The Man Who Knew Too Little, but it's Bill Murray. <laughs> the Bill Murray movie? No, it's literally like, like the same thing, but it's like the difference is a lead who like, it's not even a great movie, but it's like, oh, the guy knows how to do comedy. Like if you're doing mm-hmm. a movie where it's all about these misunder- these stupid misunderstandings, it's all this, this whatever, this, this um, uh, whatever send up of spy movies, Oh, we should probably put somebody at the center of it who like is funny on some level. And I know can, right? sell a, can sell a stupid <laughs> gag. If he needs what to. does Richard Greco know how to do? He looks good. He looks good on camera. Does he? Does he look that by, good? I think by the standards of the time, this is what a one variety of hot person looked like. I guess I just feel like he looks like a second-rate Johnny Depp. He gets the first class ticket. He sits on first class. There's this extended plane sequence. Very long. Where he's it's like in first class. There's no jokes. It. It's just him like, oh, it's I get to eat a lobster. First, yeah. No, you're right. It's like a it's like a it's like a 30 minute airplane joke. Like <laughs> yeah. in first class, they treat you a lot better than they do in coach. Like, yeah. oh, okay. You're, like, you're taking like an 80s stand-up bit and just doing it for <laughs> half an hour. But it's not, there's no joke, right? It's like it's in, just, first cl- in, in first class, they got good food. No, but there's also yeah. in, fir- like, in first uh, class, in first class, they give you warm towels. Hey, you got plenty of room in first class. In yeah, first yeah. class, In first class, you can lay down. And coach, somebody puts their seat back. It's right on top of you, you know? Right. First class, it's comfortable. In, in, well, uh, in, it. <laughs> it's nothing. And coach, they bring you a meal. You say, what is it? They go, food. (laughs) 
That's right. First class, they give you nice food. And the girls who bring it to you, they're beautiful. Smoke oh, shows. The other thing is uh, Linda Hunt is posing as a stewardess right. on the flight. But when, Very easily. But the way it happens, for, well, it's like this weird mix of she's supposed to be faking being a stewardess on the flight to follow the, the spy guy. But also... She's in the hallway of the airport disposing of a body of the other of the real Michael yes. Corbin that she murdered. Yes. And then another stewardess sees her, has never seen her before because she's not really a stewardess. He goes, What are you doing? We gotta get on the plane. Let's go. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, is there any like there, there's this is how much like like especially like airport security has been such a thing in our lives for so long. I do get when you watch an older movie, it's like, oh, security wasn't as tight back back then. You can kind of make some allowances. But, like, a stewardess is like, hey, I, my flight I'm assigned to be on is about to leave. Hey, here's this other stewardess that all I know about her is she might be a stewardess because she's dressed like a stewardess. All hey, I come know on, get on this plate with me. You're but a stewardess? The, I mean, that's the whole movie. The whole yeah. movie is again and again a scene of someone being like, hey, you're this person that you're not. And the other person being like, okay. Yeah. And then the movie happens around them. Or over Michael and Corbin. Over and over Michael again. Corbin keeps going, No, I'm not. I'm not that person. And they're like, ha ha ha, okay. Right. Yeah. There's that scene where he's in the spy layer and they're like, you know, he the the main guy who's like, Wow, this is Michael Corbin. And he's introducing him to everybody, and he's like, I'm not he's like, Michael Corbin, CIA, try Michael Corbin, French school reject. And the guy <laughs> and, the, and the guy's and the guy's like, I've seen this a million times. The CIA hasn't brainwashed, so he doesn't yeah, yeah. tell anybody his secret identity. And they're all like, ah. And then he goes, and then and that's the other scene. They're like, okay, Michael, listen up. Yeah, You're about to embark on an extremely dangerous mission where you could possibly die and get tortured. And he's like, but I get to drive this car? Ooh. <laughs> Day, bout, bout. Ooh, baby. And he like gets in the car and drives away. And like, that's the whole movie. Well, there's another horrible, horrible joke in that sequence and kind of the cue layer with the gadgets yeah, right. where he puts on these x-ray glasses and he's like, cool, I can look at babes and see through what they're wearing. <laughs> yeah. But then he turns and he accidentally turns towards a man and has the x-ray oh. glasses on and goes, oh my God, no. Like, oh, you saw through this man's shirt and you're disgusted. <laughs> like that makes you less. It's just like, you're just like, oh my God, this this is just, it hasn't even aged badly. This was always just, just like, even if it wasn't as egregiously offensive in 1991, it's so not funny. Like, I didn't want to look at a man. I wanted to look at cool babes. Oh. <laughs> Will you Bummer. stop looking at babes, Michael? <laughs> yeah. I can't. It's what I do. It's Isn't also what my like, friend, who's basically the same character as me, does. <laughs> the same character, but like slightly less attractive. It's so <laughs> weird that you guys are talking because like the, these two best friends, they aren't in the movie together at all after the first like five minutes of the movie. So like, it's, it's hard to, you're like, why are we even following this character? Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about this guy in the French club. Like, but it's like hard to tell him apart at times from Richard Grieco. He just has worse hair. <laughs> But like, yeah. looks like he could be his brother at times. He looks the like scene, he's actually like nineteen, maybe. You know, the scene, the scene in the lair when he puts on the sunglasses and see the man. Doesn't he also do the same thing yeah. in the casino where he sees a trans man? Yes, yes, yes. There's an amazing, right. uh, amazingly offensive scene where he my brain can only absorb so many horrible jokes, or not even he's, jokes, just just bad gags that don't. He's land. playing blackjack and clearly cheats, like. <laughs> 
It's like so fucking stupid. He's like in the midst of blackjack, has bet all of his money, and he's clearly very nervous about it, not bluffing well at all. And he fucks up and he goes, Blackjack. And like the girl he's with has to be like, face cards don't count. You need an eight. And he's like, oh, bah, bah, uh, uh, uh. And then he like takes out the see through glasses and like looks directly at the deck of cards, <laughs> sees an eight, and is like, yes. He goes, Hit uh, me. uh, I can't see without my glasses. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, there's the fucking thing, like, sunglasses. They look like 3D glasses from an Avatar screening. And he looks ridiculous. So- and then he looks up and sees, like, a babe, like, and her shirt is off because he's got the see-through glasses. And he's like, hubba, hubba, hubba. And then he looks over and he sees what it, what he thinks is a babe, but wah, wah, turns out to be a trans man. And he's like, ooh, gross. Yeah. No, it's, but that's the thing. But he like wins the card game. It's like this guy's an idiot. He's, He's an asshole, idiot. and he just keeps winning the whole fucking movie. Like it's the least. Like, well, Austin Powers. Like, oh, there's a whole scene where he loses at blackjack because he's an idiot. Like he's a dumbass, and then he just loot. Like that's funny. Like oh, it's funny because this guy he's not actually smart, but everybody treats him like he's a big. That's like that's actually a joke. There's something there. He's like, oh, there's this guy. He's really attractive. He's a a mean dickhead and just the whole movie he just whatever he does no matter how stupid he is everything just keeps going his way like isn't that funny the answer is no it's not he could shit in his pants at a public party (laughs) and the bad guys would be allergic to the scent of shit and he would have claimed victory (laughs) like that's that's like it would immediately be embarrassing and then all the bad guys would be like oh god and fall over and die and he'd be like what i do what i do um so yeah, he ends up, he goes after the lair where he gets the car and gets all the gadgets. He goes to the casino where the bad guy is and he does, engages in some, some Bond stuff where he, we were talking about the, the blackjack game. Well, Linda so wait, Hunt tries can I, to kill him. Can I interrupt yeah. at this? Like, so this is one of the things, like, I know obviously this movie doesn't make any sense and the plot doesn't, but I, I rewound it after I finished it because I couldn't understand why he was on this. Dude, you loved this movie. I loved it so much. I couldn't fucking wait to watch it again. So fucking into the Greek. I was like, oh, I want to see where he sees that babe with her shirt off. Oh, man. More Greco, more Greco. Oh, man, her name's Areola because they're freaking tits, dude. Um, no, I didn't, what I didn't understand, like, even within the world of this movie, I was like, why is he on the mission? Like, after the thing where he You're pretends right. to be the CIA agent, because the, basically they say to him, like, here's your car. It's a cool sports car. And he goes, are you saying if I say that I'm Michael Corbin, I can leave with this car? And they go, yeah. And he goes like, okay, great. I'm Michael Corbin. See ya. But then he still does the mission. <laughs> Why? That doesn't make yeah, any like fucking what, sense. What is setting you down this path? further you could just go anywhere in the car just go anywhere go hang out with the french club go do whatever you want with your cool car like why does he he continue doing the cia mission he says something later on the phone to someone where he's like he he's like this is too much for me i don't know what we're doing and oh and it's the british guy and he's like what were you expecting to do and he's like hang out with the french club like hit on Jacqueline, I don't know. Like, just be, be me, be a teenager. <laughs> and the guy's like, "You're so funny. Make sure that you, you know, report all your activities to the headquarters. Bye, bye." 
and he's like, God damn it, uh, what do I do? And then he keeps doing the mission again. Exactly. Again, why does he keep doing the mission? Like, he has literally no reason to be doing any of these things. He doesn't give a shit about, like, the head of the European Union's finance ministry. <laughs> like, this is... Such a convoluted villain for this type of movie, too. Like, it makes you, it kind of makes you long for the Marvel villain of, like, yeah, I'm going to destroy the world, whatever. Yeah, I've got a magic cube and I'm going to kill everybody. And you're like, okay, villain, cool, I get it. Yeah. The villain in this is trying to create his own currency to, like, remodel the EU. Yeah, like, the villain of this movie is the Euro. Which is like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> like, the Euro is good! It's like the EPA being the bad guy of Ghostbusters. I'm like, so, I'm not I'm not against what he's doing. I mean, I, this is actually so, good policy. Is Michael Corbin and, and the guy, and, like, the agency, are they Brexiters? Yes, they're What's Brexiters. What's going on? They're trying to destroy the EU. They're sick of all these regulations from fucking Brussels. <laughs> um let's talk about the scene where uh with the areola scene because there's there's a lot to break down uh in the scene yeah. with areola so it's basically like um octopussy or something i've never seen a bond movie so like one of the bond wait girls... i'm sorry ricky i mean seriously you've never seen james bond movie literally never in your life all the silly movies you watch all the fucking time, i know come on. come on this is what some kind of stance that you took when you were twelve years old. Real you proud like, of yourself, huh? But you didn't have I'm TBS. Not. You didn't have TBS as a kid. They always bored me. Oh my god! So you—they yeah. just did. Tell you. All right. Yeah. Whatever. You're cool. I know. Like, I'm sorry, boys. <laughs> I never, I just never, I never, I never did it. I never did it. Maybe it you might sound happen, like though. Richard like, Grieco right Bronson now. Right now, and I feel like. No wonder you didn't like this movie, was, Ricky. Like, you're not even qualified to judge if looks could kill. <laughs> I can. I mean, Richard Grieco is like, you know, I never watched any Bond movies, guys. <laughs> never did it. I don't know, right? You Kinda could write like if looks I'm could kill too. I'm, yeah, I've never. I mean, if I have seen any, I don't. I don't remember anything about them. I find this very hard to believe, but like, okay. I mean, I, I, the show can continue. I'm not going to grind everything to a halt, but like, okay. Okay, so you guys describe who the woman is that he is hooking up, that is trying to seduce him in terms of the what she is in the James Bond world. It's the world, bad usually. Bond girl. The sexy yeah. Bond girl that is totally down to fuck, but is also going to murder you But again, again, it's like, yeah, but like when you when you meet that character in the James Bond movies, you're like, oh, uh, this, this, uh, uh, this person's bad news, but they're really like kind of, kind of, charismatic and seductive they have chemistry like ooh, like he kind of he kind of can't refuse the, the the charms and like even though he knows he's probably in danger but in this she again i said this already she the way you're introduced to her is she comes up behind him and bear hugs him like around <laughs> his shoulders it's so and it's, weird and it's shot like it's supposed to be threatening like his reaction is he jumps up and goes ah! but then she's laying there and she's like Oh hey, don't you want to do sex on me right now? <laughs> You're like, so this was part of the seduction was her doing and then this. She she takes his pants off and gets on the bed and starts like kissing him. And I was sort of weirded out by the fact that he allowed her to go slow at first because he's supposed to be seventeen, <laughs> and he would totally like eat to mama Tombi in it <laughs> and just like fucking gyrate really fast and cl- and 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 end the session. He wouldn't be like, yeah, take your time, baby. Let's figure this out. <laughs> like, but because he, I guess he's 30. So then he, she 
pulls a scorpion out and like which to be from, fair kind of is a a, a james yeah. bondy thing like they're like they'll the always spite. like instead of shooting him they'll like release a scorpion into his but that's the thing like if she was just going to put a scorpion in the room he's sleeping in, she didn't have to go through the trouble of trying to seduce him or whatever. Just put the scorpion there and leave. Like you don't like <laughs> charming him doesn't have to be part of the equation. I thought she was going to pull an ice pick out of the bed, you know, basic it's or a gun style. or something, right? Like yeah, she's obviously gotten into the room ahead of time and hidden something in the room, and the thing she's hidden is a scorpion. So she pulls this scorpion out from under the bed. It's in a case and it starts crawling up his leg. And he's like, who the tickles? Who, who? And then he jumps up and runs to the bathroom to, to get, get a condom. Condoms. Oh my God. Right. To get a sequence. condom. And yeah. like, he is looking, I mean, and this is another moment where it's kind of like he, because he did one thing unrelated to the thing that was happening. He saved himself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it happens like it's in just a, small example of how every action scene except for the last five minutes of the movie goes where it's like someone does something totally unrelated to the scene at hand or like unrelated to the action that's happening but that saves them or saves everybody else it's very annoying so he runs to the bathroom to get a rubber a combat a combat condom please well he doesn't know he doesn't know they're going to be combat condoms but that's all he can find and he I don't know. Do you guys know what a combat condom is? I didn't. I think was it established? I couldn't tell if that was a real thing, which I've never heard of, or if they made it up as a gag. For I think this it was movie. a gag. I think I think it was a gag. But what I didn't understand was it was but, like it was like somehow the spy agency had put them in his hotel room as like equipment. But like that doesn't make any okay. sense. You know so that now, doesn't make any so, sense. So it's a gag from nowhere that yeah. goes nowhere. And he has to open them <laughs> yeah. like a tin of sardines. They've got like a key, and you have to roll yeah. back the foil on them. And in the midst of opening this, the scorpion somehow goes down her back, and she's dancing all over the hotel room, freaking out. Accidentally turns ac- on the radio, right? Yeah. Accidentally turns on the and another copyright-free stock '80s song <laughs> plays, which is the soundtrack to this fucking movie. And she's dancing around like an idiot, and he keeps seeing her dancing. He's like, "Oh, she's super hot for me." And it's kind of like, I don't know, that doesn't look like she's <laughs> dancing normally. She's being yeah. really weird. She's dancing like fucking Elaine Bennis. And uh, I guess she's go- like flailing her arms around and going like, ooh, ah, 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 ooh, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, in the midst of that, one of the henchmen who is terrible at being a henchman looks in the door and sees her and decides that he's in there because of that and shoots a rocket launcher at her. Oh yeah, he just blows up the room, right? Yes. Yeah, he yeah, never exactly. like confirms that he's just in like, there. But, but just like the, the bullet points of the scene comes in, bear hugs him, starts like kind of like whatever, uh, making it, starting to make out, seduce him, can uh, scorpion down back of dress, canned condoms, built room blown up by rock it's just so like what is, it's just chaos not a, like nothing this nothing is just like, leads to anything else yes exactly it's, it's like not the, it's related like the, to anything that came before really it's like the, it's like the con it's like the combat condom joke it's from nowhere and goes nowhere yeah. else and like so then the guy Even blows like, up no, in the wait, room if if like waiting in line at the airport the stupid friend had been like Yo, uh, my my older brother told me in France they have these canned condoms. And Greco was like, "What are you talking about, you idiot? No, what, that's not a thing." And then later he gets there and find that's all they have. 
that's not that funny, but it's something. It, it's done. It's like, yeah. There, oh, there's done. there was an A and a B, which equals oh, uh, maybe like some some reaction. Or Something maybe has to make sense. Or his friend is like, uh, oh, hey, you know, there's so many babes in France. I got these at the army surplus store and gives him a can of condoms. Do you know what I mean? And then he's like, yeah, what the yeah, fuck is uh, wrong with you? This is yeah. so stupid. They but then he's like, oh, now I have to use Korean them. War. Yeah, yeah. It's all. Yeah. At least that's so, something. Yeah. To add to the chaos of this scene, the 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 rocket goes in, blows the fuck out of this woman. Yes. I mean demolishes her and they show and it even, yes there's a money shot on her charred body in this what movie the fuck? why are you showing the, the charred head of a woman in this movie in this fucking like teen comedy where she's supposed to be the over, sexy cool lady you know he runs over and like pulls her like pulls her body over <laughs> yes and it's the charred remains of this blown up Teeth woman sticking it's, out and like it's it's not even just it's it's red there's like blood on it it's disgusting imagine like like imagine when they find sloth in seven and the guy's like you know skinny and his teeth are showing he's like, <laughs> it's like that but like a dead but like he goes and over you're like, and yeah, you're like that. oh like i guess she worked for the bad guys she was trying to to poison him with this this um scorpion thing but like she wasn't she didn't seem that horrible she didn't deserve to, to go this way nobody really deserved that <laughs> be blown like, up by a rocket like this bond it's, it's not funny it's it's no. yeah. it's gruesome bond and mean <laughs> yeah bond wouldn't do that bond i mean from what i i've never seen a bond movie but from what i gather bond would do is like when the evil like femme fatale gets killed he usually feels kind of bad that she dies Ricky, it seems like you know a lot about James Bond movies for somebody that's never seen a James Bond movie. Like, But isn't that true? <laughs> no, um, it is uh, true. And that makes of. your statement that you, that makes your statement earlier all the more suspicious, you know? Never seen a Bond movie. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I've never, I don't even really know what they are. <laughs> you well, you don't even know I what a movie I... is. <laughs> I've never watched, this is the first movie I've ever seen. <laughs> And I got to tell you something. Don't like movies. <laughs> I think I think they're not for me. I think they're not for me. <laughs> even watching if looks could kill. I've lived. I've been in a cave my entire life, and after <laughs> stepping out and watching if looks could kill, I've decided I'm going to go back to the cave. It's you know, uh, society's not that great. At the end of the day, it's not that great. <laughs> what were you going to say, Brennan? Um, well, I was going to say in the in like I'm thinking of like in Thunderball, the 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 kind of um, the like henchwoman uh, is c- trying to get him killed, but and and he kind of like somebody's trying to shoot him, and he turns like this and turns her, which <laughs> it's like, at the, uh, yeah, I don't know. It yeah, is he, is, is, he kind is of uses her as a human film. shield, but it's like even in that situation, it's like oh, like she was actively trying to kill him, and he's trying to keep himself alive so he can find these warheads and save the world. In this situation, like she wasn't even trying to kill him, any, like she was fighting for her life against this scorpion in her dress, and then this other guy who wasn't even like had no horse in the race just came in and blew her up with like a bazooka. It, it, was, it was so cruel and unusual. And then the movie showed us her body. Yes. <laughs> showed us her body. Like we have to tell kids what happens if you uh, bring a scorpion and try <laughs> to have really sex does. with somebody and kill them with a scorpion. Don't meet strange women at like casinos. A, <laughs> like a point about violence suddenly. 
Um, yeah. And then uh, from there, he meets up with Mariska, who is the daughter of Roger Daltrey's character, who's like trying to solve the crime as yeah. well. This is where things just get like unnecessarily yeah. convoluted. Who cares? First, they kill say- Keith Moon, then Roger Daltrey. <laughs> we have to stop it before they get to Pete Townsend. We just have to. <laughs> He's Townsend's got some very too- important files of mine. I need back. <laughs> um i will say the character is apparently named mariska because fred decker the original screenwriter was best friends with mariska hargitay in college oh that's kind of funny because that is such a like like james bond movie name for the love interest so mariska yeah yeah it's like yeah that checks Um, out there's so there's some other subplot where the French class is on this bus, and somehow the henchmen have decided that like they're all mercenaries. Uh, yeah, because it's like they, yeah, well, they they know she's the French teacher, but somehow this becomes like this is like the code name of an assassin. She's like the French teacher, and then they arbitrarily decide she's traveling with a bus full of mercenaries. <laughs> no, you're, you're really a this bus whole, full of idiots. No, but this whole movie, you're waiting for like the improv teacher to be like, guys, wait, 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 stop. You can't have eight crazy things. If you if they've mistaken the identity of of, of Greco, you can't also have it with the French teacher. Like yes! it, it's too much. There's too but much going that, on. But then that starts happening like within scenes <laughs> where you want to be like, you can't he can't jump up from the scorpion because he needs to get condoms. And then at the same time, the guy shoots into the room because he thinks he's in the room. Like you can't there. Every scene is like, someone's doing this because they think this is happening, but this is actually happening because that person confused this for this. And another person like, what the fuck? At what point can someone be smart? Like at what point can someone look at what's happening and make a decision? I mean, I guess it does have a little bit of the energy you were talking about, Brendan, where like, because especially in the casino scene, like Richard Greco is like such a fucking idiot. But the joke is that the villain thinks he's like a genius because he's like cheated so poorly at cards and won. He keeps saying like, he's there's been too many mistakes. He's got something going on, which is like not it's not a good joke and it doesn't work but it is kind of trying to operate on that level of yeah, like no, he's you're a waiting bumbling for just spy. one person to call a spade a spade like hey this guy he doesn't know how to play cards and he, when, he <laughs> ta- when he speaks he sounds like an idiot i think he's just a fucking idiot we don't even have to worry about him. Just he keeps move on saying do he doesn't know what he's doing like hey, maybe remember, he doesn't know what he's doing yeah, you take him at his fucking word remember earlier when he said he was a high school senior <laughs> He's starting to act like yeah. it. I, maybe we should check into this, guys. It's like, no, no, this is just a CIA plan that they brainwashed him to make us think. They won't stop me. Over and over and over again. Can we talk uh, briefly before we get to the end and to our questions um, about the soundtrack to this movie? <laughs> yes, please. Because it was, and I said it before, but it was like a nonstop needle drop of copyright free early 90s music yes. like not one song i'd ever heard before absolutely no not by any artist you've ever heard before either yeah but all sounded so specifically 1989 to 1991 <laughs> right like yeah. poison or rat or some shit and it's very much like i mean a movie we did on the show ski school like it has ski school level music clearance budget like somebody's right. friend has written a song with the title of the movie in it that just has a bunch of like crazy guitars 
and like that's what every other song is like also yeah every song is like is is like uh driving a car he's on the ride hitting like, the freeway goes, feeling the breeze <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah even the song uh, if looks could kill ricky earlier when you started singing it i thought you were joking exaggerating it it's in the trailer but then when i watched the trailer I was like, oh no the song they literally just sing the name of the movie <laughs> They go, they, they go, if looks could kill. <laughs> <laughs> they emphasize could. Could kill. I was just um, really inspired then, by this film, and I really wanted to write something based on my experience with it. <laughs> and it was, if looks could kill. There's, a, um, there's like a ballad song. Like the one time they play like a rock ballad is after he meets Mariska Tay and like decides to help her. And then it cuts to him driving to the um the finance minister's castle and she's in the car sleeping in his letterman's jacket but she's like supposed to be a kind of a badass and then as soon as he says he'll help her she's like moo cuddled in his letterman's jacket while he drives the car it's like yeah that's not who is this character? I thought she was supposed to be tough. <laughs> yeah, she's got like a fucking like secret layer with chalkboards and giant yes! photographs and she's wearing a beret and she knows she's got like machine guns and stuff. But yeah, 10 minutes around Richard Greco and she's like, mm, baby. Oh, He's like, yeah, that chart looks pretty good. Hey, do you have any Mountain Dew? I need to shave. <laughs> 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 she's putty in his hands. So then he goes to the castle. He fights all the henchmen. He saves the French class. Uh, the French teacher finally becomes the per- the French teacher. She gets a machine gun and ram- ties a thing around her head like Rambo. And everyone's firing. Like everyone just becomes yeah, a everyone. hero without working towards it in any way whatsoever. Everyone. They're just simply... <laughs> yeah, there's a scene where Richard Grigo goes um, at, to the French teacher. He goes, look. You're the yeah. French teacher now. And she's like, she, I understand. <laughs> then, well, I thought maybe after Linda Hunt, the French teacher was like the next, like, okay, there are a couple scenes. Like she is pretty funny. And you do at that point feel like she's so sick of dealing with these stupid kids that like, she just wants to get a machine gun and start like mowing yeah. people down. You're like, okay, at least that's something like you've, you've established how annoying she is. And now it's like paying off with something. Like, at least there's like, there's some like sense to be made there. There's some path that she was on. She's, yeah. but just everything else is just this crazy shit coming at you from every angle. Yeah. It's just like everything else because then the dumb friend who was shaving in the soda is also throwing machine guns around as well. And it's like, it's like <laughs> perfectly, Mikey, perfectly. Right throwing them. Yeah. Causes a machine gun. And, uh, Greco's like, thanks pal. And, uh, then Greco's like shooting all the bad guys and he's suddenly doing one-liners in between shooting them. There's that moment where he's like shooting at the helicopter, which is actually, I'll save it. I'll, I'll save that till, till favorite part of the movie, but Greco's shooting at the helicopter. And before he shoots, he's like, I ain't afraid to die. I ain't afraid to die. I ain't afraid to die. Who am I kidding? Stands up and starts shooting. And it's like, not a good line. And then also it doesn't make sense that, he would suddenly remember he's afraid to die. Yeah, it comes out of completely nowhere. Anyway. Like, it's, this is not something that has happened before. Like, he, But he remembers he's afraid to die and then stands up and starts shooting at them like he's not afraid to like. So, like, it, it's not, it doesn't yeah. make sense as a line. I don't get it. No, 
Yeah. You know what, Ricky? I think you hit on something here. I think a lot of the shit in this movie doesn't make any sense. I think he even has a line at one point where he shoots somebody and it's like, you're late. Or is it, you know, like something, you know, he starts throwing out like bad Bruce Willis well, style. This movie does, like I was saying, like by the end of the movie, the, it's become this thing where he no longer is like, you know, Michael Corleone. What is his name? Michael Corbin. 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 He's no longer Michael Corleone, the like French school dropout now. Now he is the badass spy. Like his shirt's ripped. He's covered in dirt. His hair's flowing in the breeze. He's holding a machine gun. He's got the hot babe. And there's supposed to just be this like magical transformation into like him being an action hero, which doesn't yeah. really work. It doesn't really make any sense. But so, but it is still kind of like the most fun the movie is for the entire movie, even though yeah. the stunts don't yeah. look that great. But uh, again, you can see how if it was the the nerd guy character that it sounds like it was originally written as, that scene would be in some way satisfying. Like, oh right. man, there's this whole arc. But in this, it's like, well, he's been a doofus the whole time and everything's just gone his way. Why does he even need to transform? Like, he he's Teflon already. And he's been dumbass. winning the whole time. <laughs> like, what, he didn't need to grow anymore. Even if it wasn't even... I feel like if it even, even if it wasn't rewritten... The Anthony Michael Hall of like 1986 could kind of play those scenes in a way, like even when getting in the car, even just the way that he would play them would be like a little bit more believable for the transformation at the end. But Richard Grieco, I think, as you were just saying, Brett, is just so hot right from the beginning. <laughs> He's just like such a hot older guy. It doesn't work. <laughs> like when um, in that I scene where say, he has his shirt off with Areola, I was like, fuck dude i need to go to the gym like i look like garbage like richard Creco <laughs> looks like such a good in shape adult man no like, and you're like oh he wouldn't have to rely on these french canned condoms like he would have brought his own condoms like, he's, going he's a to fucking France. stud no, like, no can we be can we be real it's richard Greco. he would have raw dog that shit <laughs> i don't know i don't know yeah, Brent, you don't want to. You don't want to put that on Greco. Like, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know if Greco would have done that in the middle of the AIDS crisis, Ricky. I mean, come on. I will. Uh, there's also there's a moment in that scene, which is uh, in the Areola scene, which is a good example. I was just remembering. It's a good example of how bad the comedy is in this movie, where she says "bonsoir" and he goes "boner." <laughs> yeah. like with that level of like comedy she goes bonsoir and he goes oh boner i mean soir soir hi <laughs> that's it that's all he had he just didn't know how to do it but yeah yeah that's hilarious dude can you imagine if you said boner when you saw a hot girl and you meant to say bonsoir oh, honestly for a teen comedy Teen spy comedy, it's not that bad of a of like of a joke. Fine, his just delivery is so terrible, is so awful. Like he can't deliver a joke. Yeah, um, I'm still I, I'm still trying. I, going back to the the overkill of the guy with the like rocket launcher, <laughs> <laughs> blows the, the fuck out of that woman. Guys, he blows the fuck out of that chick. We're gonna send we're gonna send uh, our femme fatale kind of agent in to kind of seduce him and release a poisonous scorpion onto his body. Then we're going to have this other guy come in with a rocket launcher and blow up the entire <laughs> premises. This entire wing of the hotel. Do, think, the other. do you think the director, William Deere, had like a bad relationship with that actress and was like, <laughs> we're going to fucking blow the shit out of her and then we're going to show her charred remains 
in the fucking like we don't at the hotel no, but it's like a death it's a death that a movie would give to somebody who's like one of the main villains who's been, like the, yes. the blonde long-haired guy in die hard they've been it's at each other final... the whole movie and yeah. he's a jerk and you the audience hates them and then you see them die this horrible death like like oh okay like but in this it's like we just met her I don't know anything about her and I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. Like, what do you, what do you expect me to be getting out of this? And she's like, genuinely she being kind to... of nice to Richard Grieco. She seems to think he's cool and like wants, genuinely wants to fuck him, you know? Yeah. It gives him a bear hug. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> so sweet. Was, prob- was probably going to let him raw dog and he was just going for the condoms, you know? Look, I think yeah. you guys are afraid of talking about raw dogging on this podcast. No, I think no, I think this joke. I, 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 it's like when we did too much sun. It's like around this time, people are starting to make condom jokes, like safe sex jokes, like yeah, AIDS yeah. jokes. It's like I but mean, like, a, like, 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 like Lethal point. Weapon. You know, no, no, no. Uh, 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 naked Gun. Naked Gun. Like, yeah. Oh, that's like a fun. But it's like it's like somebody watched Naked Gun and was like. Oh, if you just reference inappropriate things, that's fine. Like that's what comedy is. You just bring up something inappropriate. And it's like, no, you have to have some plans. You have to have some kind of joke, you know. And there what is the joke? Some... Condoms are hard to open, and that's this well, whole also, thing. I mean, it goes without saying, but Naked Gun is like sets up a movie where they can do whatever they want and throw any joke in and out of the movie right away. Right? This is actually trying to, you know in quotes tell a story right so therefore like in order for something to kind of have a punchline like this it has to be set up whereas like in this scene you he goes into the bathroom and you're like what are what are combat condoms what what is that why is he having trouble opening those i don't know what those are what are what is that what is a combat condom because the whole scene for the most part presides around him not being able to get these combat condoms open that's how he survives But you're like, what are like, they? Where did these come from? Why are they in the like <laughs> this amazing suite of this fancy hotel on the French Riviera? Why are there combat condoms in the bathroom? This doesn't make and any like, sense. It's like, bro, she's hot and ready to go. Raw dog. Just it. fucking go for it. What? Just go for it, dude. But this is like, but I mean, you know, Naked Gun, uh, and also a movie I think that is kind of in the vein of this movie, but kind of better, which is Top Secret. Like, I don't know if you've seen that, Brendan. Those are both like Zucker Abrams Zucker movies, right? So like they can make a movie that is just like jokes, dumbass bullshit, like some stuff that's kind of like doesn't maybe hold up and is kind of questionable. But in the mo in the, it just you it just rolls forward all the time on the strength yeah. of these like completely absurdist humor. Where this, this movie would like, like would like to, to do, do that, that, but can't, yeah. but can't at all. I mean, James Bond never went for condoms. <laughs> I think you're afraid to not talk about condoms, Ricky. <laughs> I'm just getting the sense that one of you is maybe uncomfortable by this, and so I'm riding it real hard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you guys want to talk about, uh, do you guys want to do the questions? Yeah, let's do the questions. Which I I forgot to send Brendan. Um, but so you're gonna have to make them up on the spot. First question, um, that we ask is just simply very easy, simple question to get started. What was your favorite part of the movie? Uh, Now that we're talking about it, it's the the rocket launcher, the superfluous (laughs) rocket launcher, because it's so insane. But I think while I was watching it, it was the, look at that babe. Can't you stop looking at babes? <laughs> like I was just picturing like the table read, like after that, like, I'm sorry, can we do some like I can't say this with a straight I can't like do this scene. This is ridiculous. 
I don't think anybody was. I don't think there was a table. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, like a a table read would people would lead to people being like, "Hey, you want to take another pass at this? Can we get another? Can we talk about the scene and how uh, it makes no sense because it's insane? (laughs) Yeah, like yeah, cut." Insert charred remains of a woman. (laughs) Are are we sure that's funny? So, like, the first bus driver is bad, but he's not one of the bad guys. And then there's... There's a new bad bus driver, but he doesn't do anything, and actually he's nice. Like, what is the what's the thing? Well, maybe there? somebody, not, an executive, was, was like, "Oh, uh, like somebody was like, oh, do you want to schedule a table read?" And the director was like, "You know what? Let's skip that. <laughs> that could lead to some questions that I'm not sure I want to answer." Do you guys want to do? No, we don't need that. We're just gonna. Yeah. We just gotta. Just this isn't that kind of movie. It's good to go. We're good to go. Yeah. Are they they scheduled a table read and they're like, "Is is Richard coming?" <laughs> I call, they, you know, I they scheduled this... a table read and they were like yeah you know guys i don't know what's going on richard was supposed to be here two hours ago all right no table read let's get started we start next <laughs> yeah. week um chris what's your favorite part well i did like that bad joke that i said earlier about the whole french class being in a tiny cage like from a fucking like robin hood movie i thought was <laughs> not bad it was and it was with the french teacher character who you were saying brendan was like kind of the number two the least bad thing about the movie um and by the way the main villain is the bad guy in robin hood men in tights yes which means he knows how to be in a movie like this also yeah. right so <laughs> um Robin Hood Men in Tights, I don't think holds up, nor do I think features people telling jokes well. Uh, it's been a while, but yeah, it's been a I while. can at least remember stuff in that that made sense and landed. Maybe it didn't hold up great. It's, I like saw it as a kid, but I'm comfortable saying I think that's probably a more effective movie than if looks. I would agree tell. with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, certainly at least it was, like, popular at the time, which even this was not popular at the time. This was, like, a flop. No, this um, was a bomb. But, I mean, my favorite part of the movie I have not yet gotten to talk about is the fact that the uh, there's a big car, there's several big car chase sequences. In one of them, the rocket launcher henchman is driving my all-time favorite car, a black 1990 Saab 900 Turbo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you're right. It's like, oh, yes. Oh, Mr. Uh, Corbin. Yes, we have this uh, whatever Lotus for you. I yes. think you might enjoy it. Like, holy crap. And then like the bat, like the, the um, Mariska or the love interest has like a, a badass yeah, spy like a- looking car. And then the, the, the main villain or the, the villain's main henchman is driving like a sob. A used sob. <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, I got a pretty good deal on this used saw. I mean, that's pretty good, right? I'm keeping up with this yeah. car. Yeah. So uh, I got it. Uh, my friend uh, needed to get rid of it. It's like six years old. Uh, and the thing about me is miles. I have a metal hand, so I fuck up the yeah. steering wheel anyway. I don't want to get a new car, you know? Yeah. It's not worth it with my hand. Uh, my favorite part is um, at the end, when Linda Hunt gets <laughs> thrown out of a helicopter. <laughs> Literally the funniest part of the movie is Linda Hunt, tiny Linda Hunt gets thrown out of a helicopter and she uses her whip, which is established in the first scene. It's narratively, I mean, script screenwriting wise, it's maybe the only thing that is effective and established well in yeah, the movie right. is that 
She has a whip that she uses to kill people. And in the end, when she's thrown out of the helicopter, she, she whips back up and climbs up to the helicopter and then just gets thrown out again. It doesn't really, it's like, what, like, what was it doesn't pay of off. That? Exactly. No, Why do like, you go back in there? They all want to kill you. Yeah, you should probably like just, she, they, and the helicopter is not very high off the roof. She could just like let go if she's all the way at the bottom of the whip. Because later on, what happens is uh, Richard Greco shoots a perfect Looney Tunes hole in the bottom of the helicopter that makes all the gold fall out. The main villain falls out with it, but the fall doesn't kill him. What kills him is the rest of the gold falling on top of him. Like, Which was apparently all from, uh, it was all like actual chocolate pieces with gold <laughs> wrapping. I don't know. I mean, I saw that in the IMDb. I don't know why. But but the the Linda Hunt Tiny Linda Hunt getting thrown from an air from a helicopter is very funny That's to me. Really and then when funny. she grabbed on, I got excited, she, and I was like, "She's gonna, she's gonna like do, she's gonna kill the other bad guy and be the become the main bad guy." And then she just got killed again. Like it would have made more sense if she was gonna grab onto the helicopter to have her kill the main guy and then become herself the main bad guy. Which would be great because we she's more charismatic and, and more we've time established she's the one that's done all the killing. She's the only yeah, effective uh, one in the whole organization, right? But the movie does not know how to do that or, or or go that way. So all I got in there was my only laugh in the movie, which was watching <laughs> a little woman getting thrown out of a helicopter. <laughs> that's just your kind of humor, you know? Yeah, throwing little people out of <laughs> aerial it. vehicles. You love that shit. Um uh, the next question is, uh, since, you know, uh, this movie, our podcast is called 30 Years Later, which means that we're only going to end up talking about 90s movies, probably for the duration of this podcast. <laughs> Might want to rethink this concept. Uh, uh, what was the most 90s thing about this movie? Oh, man. I mean, I'd probably go back to my previous answer. The line... Can't you <laughs> look at that babe? Can't you stop looking at babes? That might be my answer to every question. <laughs> All right. Chris, what was the most 90s thing for you? I mean, it's not just 90s, but like this particular kind of 90s. It's the like red and white sports cars, anonymous guitar music, like, and also the fact that Richard Grieco is the star of this movie. Like, Yeah, Richard Grieco. Very Richard particular Grieco. slice of history that it would have made sense to anyone to put Richard Grieco as the star of a movie. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with Richard Grieco as the most 90s thing about this movie because he only ever existed in the 90s. Yeah. In yeah. Like, 19, like between 90 and 92. Yeah, this was yeah. it. This is pit peak Grieco. This is it right here. Pico. This is Pico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pico. So the next question that we ask is, it's been 30 years since this movie uh, came out. What do you think we've grown out of from this movie in 30 years? It's, it's weird because the growing out of thing I feel like means like some of this stuff would have landed then, but I feel like <laughs> it probably sank like a rock at the time. Oh man. We moved on from, um, geez. I mean, kind of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say just to the babes line, you're going to go. Babes babes line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the babes line, I just to mix it like, yes, that, but then the other thing is probably like, I would say the, the the like airline jokes and literally oh there's like like i can't it's like a 30 minute stretch of the movie 
that is one airline joke. Like he gets in first class and it's like a montage of it's nicer in first class than it is in coach. But that's not even 90. That's like an 80s stand-up joke that they were doing in 1990. And just this movie, it's like it had to be stale even by the time it got into the movie. And it takes up such a large amount of it. Well, for example, like I was watching this thing recently about how planes, trains, and automobiles used to have a huge section in it of when they're on the airplane with all these airplane jokes about just this kind of thing. It's cramped. The food is bad, blah, 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 blah. But they cut it all out. There's only like one line on the airplane that's in the final movie because they realized like, who gives a shit about all this stuff? This isn't funny or interesting and it's not really doing anything. So let's just cut it out. It turns out on that movie, there was this thing called standards. (laughs) (laughs) There were efforts made to meet them. People were trying to do a good job. Uh, Chris, what, uh, what, what do you think we've grown out of? I mean, so yeah, I mean, you, Brendan, make a good point. Like would any of this actually fucking landed at the time, but I think apparently Roger Ebert, three out of four stars it landed for him. I think this whole like teenage boy who wants to fuck wish fulfillment movie. I feel like doesn't really exist anymore. Like it did for a long, long time, certainly. And it had a big resurgence in the early 2000s, right? But um, I think these days that stuff is pretty much gone. Like, whereas that was a huge part of culture in the in the 80s and into the 90s. Like, you know, watch this movie about this cool teenager who wants to fuck and then gets to fuck. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like... A version of this movie now is like let's let's grab like a very hot teen star immediately and make something, and the budget would be so low, and the movie would be like Logan Paul is like you know a high school kid who's kind of an outsider or he's a jock and he likes kind of an outsider girl. And his dad is like bad. This, his dad is mean to him and is a drunk. Yeah, and it would be like this kind of it would be like almost like a mumblecore thing. Like I've I had to see them a few times for 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 work, and you're just kind of like, what happened to the fun teen movie? Yeah, like, why do exactly. all of these things suck? And it's like, because none of them have budgets. Nothing has a budget. They, they all take have to this be kid. inside one house. Like, that's, yeah, you know, they take yeah. like two TikTok stars and they walk them around some small town just outside of LA and they have them say things like, I don't know, I just wish I could be me. And like, yeah, what do you that mean makes me be you? like, oh, I guess I'd rather watch If Looks Could Kill. <laughs> one, Maybe one, it's not <laughs> such a bad movie after all. 100%. So I think that you don't get like, um, like, I mean, that's not my thing for what we've grown out of, but I'm just sort of agreeing with you. Like, we don't really get wish fulfillment teen movies that much any, yeah. anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm an, I'm gonna go with the rapey shit on the <laughs> yeah. bus. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. fair. Fair. Uh, yeah, you know, fair. I'm gonna go with the licking the incapacitated woman's face and thinking that it's funny or charming. Yeah. 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 I mean that when that happened in that scene, I was just I, I I almost couldn't believe what I was seeing because it's just like you're saying you're like how is this supposed to be reading, right? Like how am I, am I supposed to like this kid? Am I supposed to think like wow? Imagine if a hot girl fell asleep next to you, you could do whatever you wanted. Like what? <laughs> yeah. But those but, were the messages society yeah. was giving people. I mean, not to get on a soapbox, but like that's why we have the problems we have is because like, yes, you were supposed to think it was cool. Yes, you were supposed to think like, oh, if a hot girl was next to you asleep, you could like do whatever you wanted. Like, Right, it's her fault for falling asleep. Exactly, you. you know, and like she knows I'm horny and if, if she's there, I'll just do whatever I want. It's like right. that Boys did used be- to be the way society 
told you it was okay to act. Like, it's really fucked up. Chris is actually wearing a male feminist shirt right now. Yeah. I'm I'm wearing the, my future is female shirt. <clears throat> Ricky is wearing a raw dog in shirt. Well, strangely enough, I had watched it years ago and not really remembered it well, but we watched it in French class. No like, fucking way. My, like it was like one of those days, like the day before Christmas vacation, winter break or whatever. And they, sh- and yeah, we like watched if looks could kill, which looking back, it's like pretty fucked up. Was your teacher like, this will make them think French yeah. is actually pretty cool. <laughs> no, but I, I, I like going down the list of French film, French related films to show to a group of students. Like, well, oh my God, Jean de Florette. There's Ballon Rouge. No, no, no. I'm going to show this Richard Grieco movie. Maybe the teacher had a thing for Richard Grieco. They were probably the same Oh, maybe, yeah. (laughs) There's no fucking French in this movie. There's maybe two sentences of French in the whole movie. Oh, it's the least educational movie in the world. There's simply Bonsoir and Boner. Boner (laughs) And then at the end of the movie, when he says bye to them, he goes, Arrive, or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And walks away. I did read, I did notice in the credits, the entire movie was shot in Quebec, which like. Oh, that's pretty hilarious. (laughs) Makes sense. I guess for tax oh, well, reasons. Oh, yeah, well, they but... kind of do in the hotel room with, like, uh, before the henchwoman gets gets charred and exploded by a rocket. They're kind of, when they're when they're in the hotel room, you're right. It's like they're, they're overcompensating for not shooting in Paris. Like, directly out the window is the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> it's like the way when you look out Fraser's apartment, the Space Needle is, like, right there. Like, okay, it's supposed to be Seattle. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, why even fucking bother? Like, why shoot yeah. it somewhere that speaks French to stand in for France? It's not like there's a huge amount of road signs and local extras. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is it like so you can get cobblestone streets or something? Like, maybe. Or well, like... and of all the things to complain about with if looks could kill, like somebody would walk <laughs> out and be like, it just didn't feel French enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, if looks could kill, uh, 30 years later, it's a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. It looks why? like it was a yeah. piece of shit then. There's a reason why it's not available on streaming. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I'm glad we formed this podcast so we could all waste each other's time. <laughs>